Hey, what's up, my people? Welcome to Kickback with Nadam. I hope you're all doing well wherever you may be. We've got another real good episode lined up for you today. But before we get to it, guess who's back? It's Yudi. What's happening, my guy? That's right. I'm back. Back like I never left. Well, a few people noticed you left. A few people. Shout out to Carlos specifically. Specifically. <laughs> Every Friday morning, if anything's different or whatever, he's he's sending me a message. He's pressing me straight away. And he wants to Big know, wh- where were you? He thought we were beefing. What's going on? Where were you? No, listen, never that. Never that. Um, no, I was. it was my, my girlfriend's birthday. So huh? Huh? I had duties. I had duties. All right? Huh? I had... You heard what I said, right? I didn't stutter. I had duties, okay? <laughs> oh, you think it's okay? You think you think your relationship is bigger than this podcast? Um, I, I'm not even going to dignify that with an answer. <laughs> like, unless, unless, you're, unless you're trying to get me cancelled by Tabby, I'm not going to dignify that with an answer. Nah, Tabby wouldn't so, cancel you, would she? I don't know. She listens to the podcast, so I'm going to be very careful. Shout out, sorry, Tabby. I didn't mean that. I didn't mean that. <laughs> Your relationship is obviously bigger than the podcast, especially on your birthday. I'm sorry. But it's good to have you back. How are you doing? Yeah, I'm good. I'm good. Good to be back. How are you? Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm good. I'm good. I'm in my uh, home studio slash ironing board by the side of my bed looking out <laughs> looking out of the window. You know, these COVID times, they, they don't change. But yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm feeling good. I'm feeling good. I'm, sweet, I'm getting ready sweet. to go to the Euros of ESPN, which I'm really looking forward to doing. What? So, yeah. Oh, sorry. I, hmm, let me rephrase that. that. Was that sort of flex? I don't even... Like that, just oh, that, you just dropped that one in. Oh, sorry, did I? Oh, please excuse me. Uh, please excuse me. Yeah, just, myself and Sammy Kadir and people like that. We're just going. We're getting ready to go. Oh, sorry. Excuse oh, me. Just, my bad. My bad. My bad. I, I didn't mean to say. Let that. me just pick that up for you. Let me just pick that. I, I just, didn't mean to I say that. You dropped something. You dro- <laughs> I'll just pick that up for you. No, it, um, it, yeah. I'm hopefully, going to be doing that in the next uh, few weeks. It should be a good tournament. I'm sure you're looking forward to seeing it as well, aren't you? In your uh, on your doorstep. Yeah, yeah. I'll just be at home on a sofa. No big deal. It's cool. No, we're all taking part, you know what I mean? We're all stakeholders at the end of the day. But anyway, but anyway. So today's guest, yeah, he's got a really, really interesting story. And instead of doing like a simple guest to guest, I'm just going to talk about them. And I want you to just tell me if you think you can guess who it is, yeah. But it's not like, it's not in a structured manner. But this guy, so he's retired, but he's been a Premier League top goal scorer twice in his career, yeah? Mm -hmm. He once held the record for being the highest ever British transfer yeah mm-hmm. um, he's also finished second top scorer in La Liga ahead of the likes of Raul and all those type of people yeah mm-hmm. and with all those things being said he only managed 23 games I think it is for his national team who do you reckon that is La Liga yeah, he's finished second top scorer in La Liga as well <sighs> 23 goals for the national team. That one's... No, no, 23 games for the national team. That's all it oh, was. Games, games. Games, yeah. And this is somebody This is somebody who, like I say, get... has like cost a lot of money and scored a ton of goals. This guy bangs goals. Oh, see, it's not Andy Cole because he never played in the league. So, um... Oh, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Are they, is he, is he English? He's not English, no. Okay, see, that's what stumped me. Okay. Um... Give me the nation, like where's he? Uh, the Netherlands. Holland, two top goal scorer, twice top goal scorer in the league from Holland. Ah, this one's it's a good one, huh? No, it, it can't. Nah. You yeah, see, this is the thing. You're like me because this guy, <laughs> this guy is like special. But when you no, put all the pieces together, it's it sounds nuts to say that like he's only played 23 games for his national team. It can't be who I'm thinking of. It probably is. If you think it is, then it's probably that person because you've been quite good, quite good at this. 
No, because it wouldn't make sense, and the, I don't, I don't, I don't see how you'd be able to get all the show. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Yo, yeah, that was disrespectful. Listen, that was disrespectful. I can get anyone I want on this show. I just choose not to get all the big stars. Uh, okay, um, um, it, I can't. I, I think it's from what my guess is, Ruud van Nistelrooy. But I don't think that would make it. No, sense. it's not Ruud van Nistelrooy. Forget that. Let's uh, move on from him. It's uh, it's actually Jimmy Floyd Hasselbank. Jimmy Floyd Hasselbank. That's Jimmy Floyd Hasselbank. Yeah, like low key, this guy's he's got one hell of a story. One hell of a story. And I think you'll really, really like it because there's certain elements. That's like amazing. when I was doing my reading up on him, because I remember watching him and stuff and thinking this guy's special. But when you read mm. his story and you hear his story, it's a lot different to what you think. But you know. You tried, he was cute, Van Nistelrooy, whatever. It's not him, it's yeah, not listen, him. I, I tried. 23 Cats for Holland. 23 Cats for Holland, that's all it is. But you, when you listen to the show, you'll understand why. But anyway, it's good yeah. to have you back. And before we press play, though, remember, guys, to subscribe to the show if you haven't done so already and follow us on social media. The handle, like always, is what, UD? Uh, kickback underscore Naden. And where's that? Instagram, Twitter. Oh, flames, flames. You're, you're on fire. You're on fire. But anyway, sure. without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, here he is, Jimmy Floyd Hasselbank. So firstly, thank you for uh, thank you for coming on. And uh, No problem. No problem. And it's good to see that you're still getting your exercise in, just that little bit of suffering, yeah? I have to. I have to. <laughs> Why? Keep my own sanity. Ah, okay. Yes. Okay. Okay. The, That's true. The, the food, the food, the food is the problem. Yeah. You know? I, I understand that. I understand that a lot. I'm okay for now, but maybe when I get to your age, maybe I will be, be a bit different. But okay. okay. So, so you're not working out? Oh, no, I am. I am working out now, but the appetite to work out might not be the same when I'm older. It's easier to do now <laughs> because I just finished. But, you know, further down yeah, the line, yeah. maybe it's a bit different. Right. <clears throat> you ready? Yes, yes. Okay. Yes, yes. So to the audience out there, I must apologize from the start because if I show any bias whatsoever, it's because I really liked him as a player and I really liked him as a coach. So it, this is a story I'm looking forward to. And like I say, I apologize if it feels like I'm all in on this, but it's probably because I would have happily worn a Hasselbank shirt back in the day. So I apologize. But anyway, the man himself is here, Jimmy Floyd Hasselbank. And I want to hear about your story. So why don't we start from your early days in Suriname? Because like many Dutch internationals, you weren't necessarily born in Europe, were you? So do you remember much about those early years? Not not that much. Um, not that much. We we I, I was five when um, when we emigrated from from Suriname to to the Netherlands. Um, we was the six of us. My mom had had, had six children. Uh, my dad stayed back. My mom, my mom, and my dad were not together. Um, and back in those days, you know, um, my mom had her own house. My yeah. father had his own house. So I was not really brought up with my dad. Okay. I was actually only brought up with my with my um, with my mom. And then, um, you know, as a little boy, I, I remember getting on the plane, really a really big plane, 747, and, and thought, wow, mm. you know, what is this? You know, and, and, and getting on the plane, the food on the plane was, I remember that the flu food on the plane was disgusting. <laughs> was, was, was really disgusting. I remember that really, really well. Um, 
And um, out of a sudden, we were in a, a, in a different country, cold, um, when you were blowing air out of your mouth, yeah. steam was coming out of your mouth that I've never seen, <laughs> you know? Wow. Uh, 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 things I, I, I acknowledge like snow and stuff that in Suriname you never had. So, yeah. you know, um, yeah, it, it was a big change. It was a big change. But as a child, you don't know no better. You yeah. know, you go from one uh, perspective to a totally different one, mm -hmm. you know? So, uh, so, uh, and I was somebody, I still am, that I like cultures. Yeah. I, I like cultures. I like different kind of, kind of people. So I mangled, but the, 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 the transformation was, was quite simple. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, and then on top of that, there were a lot of Suriname people in the Netherlands. Yeah. You know, um, so, so it was, it, it, it was quite, to be honest, it was quite easy, you know, the okay. transition. Okay. So you head over to the Netherlands and you start to play football. And obviously to do what I do on this show, I have to do lots of research. So I've done a whole lot of research and some of the stuff I was reading about you, I was like, yes, that's why, that's why you're my guy. There's so many things like that. But one thing which goes against that is that you, the fact you started playing football in the Netherlands, but they said you started off as a goalkeeper. I want to know what's wrong with you. What is what no, was going on in your mind? I had no choice. I had no choice. There's always a choice because you could choose no, to not play. No, yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. But but you like football so much. So I have an older brother. Yeah, he's three three years older than me. I used to follow him everywhere. He became a professional footballer just before he became a professional footballer. I always wanted to play football with him okay. and his friends. Okay. What what do they do to the younger guys? Yeah. If they if they want to play with them, okay, yeah. you go in the goal. Yeah. You know. Yeah. So I had to earn my stripes. Yeah. And go into the goal first. Okay. You know. And from there, I was allowed to come <laughs> and play with them. So so from there, they put me on 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 the on the wing. Yeah. You know, and then. So on, so on, so on. But I had to start, you know, in, in goal, unfortunately. Okay. And I was, I was rubbish. Yeah. So, so that's why. That's probably why it's easier to get out. Yeah. And, and put me, <laughs> uh, it, it, it put me uh, on the right. Well, it was, it was definitely a smart decision. But also looking back at that time and doing my research, it seemed like you might have been living two lives because there was the life of the football side and there was the life away from football. Like, yeah. You say you wanted, wanted to play with your brother, but was that something which you were 100% committed to? Or would you say the focus was on other things? I think, I think um, it, it's, and it's not an excuse uh, because you have to take responsibility of, of, of things that um, you have done and, and it's your choice at the end of the day. But uh, we were, I was brought up when I came from Suriname, we were brought up in a, in a, in a really bad neighborhood. Yeah. And, and, and uh, you know, a lot of criminal and, and fighting stuff was happening in that neighborhood. And, um, you know, you get friends and, and you were quickly misled and, and you end up doing things that you should not do. Mm -hmm. um, me and my brother, we are totally different, you know. Uh, football was also his passion. And we end up playing for the same club, in the same team, in a professional team, mm -hmm. you know, for one year. But he he always stayed on the right path. Yeah. 
I had I had a spell that I was on a bad path. Yeah, you know, and I had to I had to experience that for myself. Yeah, you know, uh, and I had to experience the bad side and 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 take the consequences and and react from that in a better way. Yeah, um, because I think. If I would not have done that, I would not have been here today. Yeah. You know, in 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 the same uh, way that I'm here now. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I've got children, and 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 you know, I tell them honest what 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 has happened to me in the past, and we don't want that to happen to them. Yeah. You know. Yeah. But but it was not. It was not. It, it was good. It was very good. You know, uh, the football side. But then on the other hand, as you said. There were some really bad things, and you know, uh, I was somebody uh, definitely in the past that had to learn the hard way. Yeah, yeah. So you fir- your first professional club was it Telstar? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So yeah. online, it says that when you were at Telstar, even as a professional, you were still living the second life as well. Is, is was that true at the time? No, not 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 really. Um, not 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 in that aspect I, I wasn't living the second life I, I was always late okay i was always late yeah and why know, why were you always that, late that, that i was always late that 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 my manager at the time uh i had a contract i was a contract player one day before a game he had enough i was i was late and he said you know what jimmy forget it uh, i'm gonna terminate your contract ciao and he sent me away right you know um uh, and I think he used me as uh, as an example, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, but um, it was a big lesson for me. Yeah. It was a big lesson that had to happen, you know. Uh, I got my first contract; things were going well. I thought I was always uh, 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 already there. I was earning three hundred quid a week. Yeah. yeah, I was living at at home. Yeah, but I thought I've made it. Yeah, you know. Um, um, so I thought that I could do what I wanted. So um, by the manager doing what he did was in a way the best thing that could happen to me. I, and, from, and, and from there, once again, I needed to learn it the hard way. Yeah. Once, once, once again, I, I, went, I went from there to AZ Alkmaar, yeah. where, I, where I ended up playing with my brother. Mm-hmm. You know? um, and, and, and I stopped being late. Yeah. So you did stop being late at AZ Alkmaar. And you played, I think it was three seasons there. Yeah. Two seasons. Two, two seasons. seasons. Okay. Yeah. But here's the interesting thing, um, from my opinion anyway. You look through your biography, you look through your Wikipedia and stuff like this, and there's a gap. There's a gap in time between when you left AZ Alkmaar and then when yeah. you ended up in uh, Portugal. Yeah. So for context, I think it was 92-93 season. Apparently the manager, Henk Willems, he, yeah. he didn't renew your contract. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah even though you'd played maybe nearly 50 games for the club and you're a young player, prospect. Why do you think he didn't renew that contract? No idea. No idea. Um, he did not. It was hot and cold with me and him. Uh, not from my side. Uh, to be honest, I, I was very respectful. Um, it was one of those things, I think, that he did not fancy me. Um, and he didn't renew my contract. Um, and I had to go back to non-league, mm. and that's and that's what I did. Mm. You know, uh, I went back to non-league. I took a job, uh, so I was paid uh, half 
half uh, how do you say that uh, um, it, it was a, like a half job like a, yeah part time uh, uh, yeah part time sorry yes yeah. part time uh, non league and then I had a, a, a part time job as a uh, working in a bakery in the morning. Okay. You know, um, and, um, you know, sometimes uh, things are in the stars, mm. karma, you know, uh, an agent, an agent. And at, at that time I didn't have a, a contract. An agent saw me at my non-league club playing yeah. as a striker at that time, because at AZ Alkmaar, I played as a right winger. Yeah. So at non-league, I played as a striker and I was scoring goals for fun. Mm. And, a, and an agent saw me playing there and he approached me and he sent me first to Austria. He asked me if I wanted to go on trial to Austria. And I went. Okay. Yeah. But the club didn't end up taking me in Austria. Okay. And then um, I think a few weeks later or a month later, he asked me to go on trial to Portugal. Okay. And from there, yeah, um, <laughs> <laughs> the man scores goals. My goodness. <laughs> so, what was the gap then from when you left AZ before you played professionally again? Was it two years, or was it less than? It, it was, I think. No, it was. It was two years. Yes, that's insane. It was two years. That's insane. You must have yeah. had options to play in the Netherlands. Surely, you must have. Yes, I've called around. Believe you me, I've called almost every manager, uh, coach to take me on trial, to uh, give me a chance. Yeah. Uh, I went on trial to, uh, to Zwolle. I went on trial to Helmond Sport. Nobody took me, you know. Um, uh, and... Um, yeah, it was one of those things. I had to, I had to go to non-league, madam. I had to go to non-league um, and and prove people wrong and play with that kind of anger yeah. of I'm going to show you that that I, I, I'll be fine. You yeah. know. So um, I was gonna. That's what I did. I was gonna ask you actually why you didn't give up because one thing that you keep saying you say trial, 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 and as a footballer, a trial it offers potential, but the reality is that for most people, trial doesn't end up meaning anything at all. So to continually try and achieve something, but never have the security to really, you know, like you could do what, you could go for a trial for two weeks and be the best player at the club for two weeks, but so what? It doesn't mean they'll sign you at the other end. So how did you actually manage to keep so focused and so patient? Because like I say, it's not as if everything was going your way for that time. No, nothing was going my way for that time. But patience, I was definitely not patient. Yeah. I was definitely not patient. But the word giving up is not in my vocabulary. Okay, okay. You know, um, uh, even now with my managing and stuff, you can't give up. Yeah. If you give up, you give people what they want. Yeah. You know, um, if you believe in something, I think you need to go and do whatever you can until the last percent that you have yeah. to try and achieve it, mm -hmm. you know? And that gives me strength. That gives me strength to still have hope, yeah. you know? Um, and that's what, that's what I did. That's mm -hmm. what I did. Um, and, and in a way, in a way, um, that wanting to prove somebody wrong, that gave me 
the strength to keep on going. Okay. You know, that gave me some kind of focus, you know, some kind of focus. And then the, 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 the things of the lateness came back in the back of my mind. I can't be late. You remember that feeling, yeah, yeah. what happened at that time. Mm -hmm. Never forget those moments, yeah. you know, never forget those moments where you come from, what you have gone through, you know, uh, yes, you know, we, we, we have made a little bit of, of money, mm -hmm. you yourself as well, you know, but we always need to uh, remember what you had to do, where you came from, you know, how it was, where you had nothing, all these kind of things. And that gives me strength. And yeah. that's what had kept me going. Yeah. Yeah. You know, sure. um, it's maybe very hard to explain. No, no. Yeah. But, yeah. I but, think it but, makes sense. Um, I think but, it makes uh, sense. Um, you know, um, I am a big believer in things happen for a reason. Yeah. Madam, mm -hmm. you know, things happen for a reason. And, um, you know, uh, that, that gives you the power to, that gives me the power to go in and, and, and get what is mine. Yeah. I like that. I like that a lot. So after two years in the wilderness, then you then spent two years performing exceptionally well in the top division in Portugal. Like that is a yeah. huge jump. I think yeah. in year two, I think when you were at Bovista, you were second in the goal scoring charts behind, yeah. you know, Mario Jardel. Like, Mario Jardel, Mar yes. The iconic yeah. figure of Portuguese football, Mario Jardel. Like that's a yeah. king. And you go from being in non-league to doing that. And also we have to mention the first team. I'm going to try and say this right. So it was Campo Maiorense. Is that right? Well done. Yes. Well done. yes. That yeah, I've been looking, looking in the mirror just trying to make sure I say it right. <laughs> <laughs> but I want to know then, given what came before, because it wasn't, most people wouldn't bet on you to be successful based on the previous four or five years. So what was it then that really fit that well? in Portugal to make you be so prolific? Nadam, let me tell you something. Nobody in Netherlands, nobody gave me a chance. Okay. When I signed for Kampenmeyerens, yeah, all the papers, all the uh, 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 football shows, all the managers, all the coaches, yeah, all of them were so negative. Right. They did not say, oh, great for Jimmy. He's getting a chance there. No, he will be back in a year. Wow. They said. Okay. Yeah. Mm -hmm. He will be back in a year. You know much how much strength that gave me. I was going to say, yeah. Yeah. You know. That's fuel for that you. That gave me so much strength that I thought, hell no. You know, mm -hmm. I'm not coming back. Mm -hmm. You know, mm -hmm. so. Um, and then on top of that. I loved the life in Portugal. Yeah. I just loved it. Mm -hmm. Really loved it. People were nice. Food was nice. People were living for their football. Football was really professional. I could live for my football, you know, two times training, you know, every day. You were a proper professional. Yeah. You know? And I was away from my friends. Yeah. Yeah. So it's work. Myself. It's work, yeah. So it worked. Yeah. So it worked. You know, I could focus on football, mm -hmm. focus mm -hmm. on football. And that's what I did. Yeah, that's, you know? that's exactly right what you did. And this is another stage where you look at the time period and Jimmy Floyd Hasselbank scores goals. My goodness, those two years, yeah. exceptional. So with you doing that well at that level and having heard all the critics beforehand, you ended up moving to the Premier League to play for Leeds. But while you were in Portugal, did you have ambitions to leave and to see other leagues or did it just happen by chance? 
Uh, look, when you are in the Netherlands, the Premier League, that is the best league. The Premier League and the Spanish League. Those are the best leagues, mm -hmm. you know? Uh, we get BBC, yeah. so we get match of the day. Yeah. Yeah? Okay. So we watch match of the day. So we know all the clubs. So for us, you know, to, 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 to uh, have a chance to play in the Premier League, that's the Mecca yeah. the, for us. Yeah. That is for us the best. Yeah. So, so you, as a boy, you just dream to get one once to, to England and, and, and play for, mm -hmm. you know, a, a big club. Um, and then when um, Leeds came for me, um, you know, I, I, I really couldn't believe it. Yeah. I could not believe it. You know, uh, the same agent that took me there, uh, that, by the way, I never signed a contract with. Okay. Yeah. We yeah. had a mutual agreement. Yeah. Uh, he stayed my agent for the day that I stopped playing football. Okay. Uh, um, uh, he came with, with Leeds. Yeah. Uh, he had brought Robert Molinar, if you remember yeah, Robert yeah. Molinar. Yeah. He's a Dutch center half. He mm -hmm. brought Robert Molinar to Leeds as well. So we had already got contacts. He told them, look, I've got a striker in Portugal. Go and watch him. George Graham came to follow me, uh, came to watch me a few times. And uh, yeah, the deal was done. <laughs> the deal was done. Yeah, the, de the deal was done. So I think you spent two years there. Year one, yeah. you finished with 26 goals in all competitions. Yeah. Yeah. And it's interesting because on the Wikipedia, it says in the first few months, he struggled to adapt, <laughs> but you yeah. finished with 26 goals. I was like, okay, fair enough. No, I did struggle. I did struggle, Madam. I really, as, because the football in in uh, in Portugal was totally different, slower, uh, less contact. Yeah. Um, I um, when I when I signed for Leeds, I, in my first few matches, I was always on the floor. Right. Okay. Always on the floor, and 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 with George Graham as a striker, you have to hold the ball. Yeah. You have to hold the ball, uh, especially when they come from high. Yeah. He wants you to back in. And hold it and bring other people in and i couldn't do that yeah so i had to get that part in my game and i had to go on on um on weights yeah so i did that mm -hmm. and and the first three months was really hard i got myself out of the team right so i started i started the first i think three four matches four five matches and then after i had a spell on the bench where i where i had a difficult and then the luck was that Harry Kuehl at yeah. the time had to go to Australia for two weeks. Yeah. And I got a chance again Yeah, for those two weeks. And I played really well in those two weeks. And then when Harry Kuehl came back, he played with me up front. Yeah. You know, and we became to be playing in a 4-4-2. Yeah. Yeah. You know, that's, so, uh, that's... so that, so, so that was my, my, my in and then, uh, I, I didn't get back out of the team uh, yeah. anymore. That's a fact. Mm. And I think it was yeah. in year two. <laughs> uh, you're, uh, you end up being the joint Premier League top goal scorer. Like yeah. for a guy that watched the Premier League, as in, in your case, in Holland, dreamt of playing there, was playing amateur football or, or part-time football three years earlier or four years earlier to now be the top scorer in one of the most important leagues in the world. Like you must've felt proud about yourself now. Oh yeah. Yeah. I still feel very proud. I still feel very proud because I know how far I had to come. Yeah. And I know that this is one in 
10,000, 50,000 that, yeah. that, 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 that would happen, you know? Um, um, and, and, you know, to, to put yourself, um, in that bracket with like the Alan Shearers, the, 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 uh, Dwight Jokes, Michael Owen, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you know, uh, those kind of players, you know, uh, five, six years ago, you would have never thought that. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I know exactly and, what you're saying. And, 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 and nobody in Holland, the Netherlands would have thought that, you know, uh, even when I went to Leeds, they said, oh, he will fail. Yeah. You know, so, so to have done that, you know, um, yeah. It's special. It's special. That, and that's, that's when you were on my radar and like, yeah, it was, it was great. And then you ended up moving to Atletico Madrid. Yeah. Yeah. And listening to the then man Leeds manager, forget what his name was, but the one who said you can't win anything with kids. Uh, David O'Leary. Yeah. So he was saying some things which were kind of, if you read between the lines, he was trying to call you greedy. Do you yeah. think, do you think that was fair in that moment or do you think he missed the point? No, no, no. He knew what he was doing. The, 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 the thing is, the thing is, um, what people don't really see and you will understand this. Um, George Graham bought me. Yeah. I, I became at the time when he bought me, I came in the door, not as a, as, as a superstar, just as Jimmy, the yeah. striker from Portugal. Yeah. Who has to prove himself. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I became really important, mm -hmm. yeah, because of the goals and 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 how I played and and X Y Z. But then George Graham left to Spurs, yeah, and David O'Leary, who was his assistant, got the job at Leeds, yeah. And now, out of a, a sudden, the assistant is now the manager, yeah, yeah. So dynamics are changing, yeah, yeah. You are a certain way with the um, um, assistant yeah. and you're a certain way with, with the manager, with the manager yeah, that's right. you know? So, um, so my relationship with him was not really that great. Yeah. Even as an assistant, it was not really that great, mm -hmm. you know? And he had the younger, the younger, the younger ones all as his favorites. Right. At the, at, and I think he just wanted to build the team around Harry Q. What is fine? Yeah. What, what, what is fine? That is every manager's prerogative. You know, he sees a vision and he has to do it. That is fine. But at the time, I had two years left. They wanted to break it open. I was not going to... I was in a really good negotiation... Yeah, position, yeah. ...for myself, position yeah. for myself. And I was not asking um, uh, crazy money. I was not asking you know, uh, things over the top. I was just asking what the going rate was. Yeah. Yeah. I, I became top scorer, mm -hmm. you know, of Premier League, mm -hmm. you know? So, so, so I just wanted to be paid in that aspect, yeah. you know? Um, because end of the day, they were going to ask 12 million quid for me. Yeah. Yeah. And at that time, 12 million quid is not like now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 It was big, yeah. big, big, big money, yeah. you know? Uh, the highest transfer was Alan Shearer a yeah. year later for 15 million. Yes. You understand what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, so, yeah, yeah. So, so, um, so they said no. They said no. And I said, okay, I'm not signing what you have offered. They said, well, then we're going to sell you. I said, well, 
I want to go there, mm-hmm. you know, um, thinking that I could stay in England. Yeah. Because I, I knew that English clubs were, were in for me. They didn't want to sell me to English clubs. Uh. So, and, and then they said as well, you have to ask for a transfer. <laughs> yeah. The politics. Politics. You have to ask for the transfer, but you still get your signing on fees. And you know that rule. If you ask for a transfer, you don't get you, ha- you don't get your Trans- signing on fees. Exactly. You know? So, but they don't say that in the media. In yep. the media, they say only, oh, Jimmy, Jimmy Floyd has to ask for transfer. Mm. Uh, so, so all the fans are on my back while they don't really know the whole, the whole story. Mm-hmm. So then I end up leaving, but then other players are coming for earning more money that I was asking for. Wow. <laughs> you understand? Okay. Yeah, you yeah, understand? Yeah. So, but it's, a, it's another thing. It's a lesson. Yeah. It's another lesson. And I am not a bitter person, mm-hmm. you know? I move on. I went to Atletico Madrid. I had a magnificent time in Spain. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I ended up, you know, uh, getting a really good contract, a better contract than what, what I what I wanted at Leeds. Yeah. You know, and you know, end of uh, end of that, I had a great experience with a great club, and the year after that, I came to Chelsea. So <laughs> yeah. so 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 in a way, it's all worked out. Yeah. You know, that it's all worked out. Um, you know, so. Yeah. It's just, it's a pity because I didn't want to leave Leeds like that. Yeah. Leeds has got a, has got a much better place in my heart yeah. than leaving it like that. Yeah. You know? Mm. Yeah, I get that 100%. And just so people are aware, you went to Atletico Madrid and they, overall, the club had a bad season because they were relegated, yeah. but you were second top scorer in La Liga. So, yeah. you know, yeah. one thing happens again. Jimmy Floyd Hasselbank scores goals. So again, and then he, uh, <laughs> only, only not against when I play against you. Well, yeah, let's no, you scored against me as well. That's the thing, <laughs> but we'll get, we'll get, we'll get to that. And then, so you moved to Chelsea and you mentioned the Alan Shearer thing for 15 million pounds, because when you came to Chelsea, you tied the record for the highest yeah. transfer fee in England. And that's something that doesn't really get spoken about. Cause even in my mind, I remember that 15 million for Shearer, but I don't remember it for you at yeah. that time. I don't know yeah. why. I don't know why that's the case considering it's the same money. And as I say, you ended up coming to Chelsea, which is, which ended up being the place where you played the most games. I think yeah. it was uh, 177 games scoring, you know, just, just the 87 goals. You know, that prolific one yeah. and two type striker. Yeah. Prolific, yet yeah. again. And that was even better in the league because it was 69 in 136 league games. And I know I keep saying it, but there are certain things that are true in life and it would be the sun will rise, the sun will set and Jimmy Floyd has a bank will score goals. That's exactly, <laughs> that's, where, that's exactly where we're at. So I want to know about that time at Chelsea then, because you were obviously doing very well and there were some very big and significant players at Chelsea at that time. And even though it's not the Chelsea that happened straight after Abramovich took over, it was still a very, very strong Chelsea team. Yeah. Why was it then that you didn't win more with that team? Oh, because we were not consistent enough. As a team, we weren't consistent enough. Right. Um, I think, I think when we played uh, Man United, uh, Arsenal's, uh, Liverpool's, you know, we would win. Mm-hmm. We would win. But when we would play a Bradford or uh, a Man City that was not a big club yeah. at, that, at that time, uh, we would struggle. You know, uh, while 
uh, Man United would not have those problems. Yeah. You know, um, um, and and that that is it. We had the players for it. We had the team for it. Uh, as you just said, we had magnificent players: Massa Desai, uh, Graham Lasso, Babayaro, uh, Melchior, uh, Petit, uh, <laughs> Poyet. Mm. You know, uh, Ida Good Johnson, Gianfranco Sola. Yes, you know, nice Bolo Send, and so mm. on, so on, so on. But. We were not we were not consistent enough. Yeah, we were not consistent, and that's also with with saying now with the manager. Yeah, you know uh, when you majority of the time when you when you look at winning teams that win leagues, they play they play one one way, they play one system. Yeah, you know um, we were always like then it was four four two, then it was three four three, then it was four two three one. Then it was this, then it was that, you know. So we were not consistent enough. Yeah, and that that was a shame. But I can't speak for too long about Chelsea, even though I, I could do because I, I'm aware I don't want to keep it for too long. And also, there's a big QPR audience here. So the more you speak about <laughs> Chelsea, <laughs> the angrier they'll get. But you know, I'm listening. I hear you all. I hear you all. But the thing I want to talk about now, before we move on to say further on in your career, is you've you were the underdog in the Netherlands, you know, people didn't fancy you, people didn't think you'd do well. But when they're faced with the fact that you were doing well every single season, how is it that, you know, I can look online and see that you only played, I think it was 23 games for the national team. 23 games. Because because I never played for Ajax, Feyenoord or PSV. That's how it and, used to work. That's how it worked then. And 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 that's a big thing for in, in, in Holland. Uh, I have not been brought up the Dutch way, right? And the Dutch, the Dutch way is four three three. Yeah, you know, I've I've been a striker, especially back in the day, that in a way had to play in a four four two. Okay, you know, um, and then later on, I learned how to play in a four three three. Yeah, you know, um, um, I went to the World Cup ninety eight with the Dutch national team. Um, and I was always, I, I was always, I was always seen as, oh, Jimmy, he, he, until now, um, he just scores goals, <laughs> you know? He cursed yeah. by just being able to he, score goals, just the curse. Yeah, no, but, but that's what they, that's why the Netherlands never win something. Yeah. Because in every on the other country, you know, if, if I was German, I would always have played. Yeah. Even if I was just scoring goals, yeah, they would they would find a way to 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 get players around me, yeah, so they could win games because they know we have somebody who just scores goals, <laughs> you yeah. know. But the Dutch they don't think like that. They want to control the game. They mm -hmm. want to pass. They mm -hmm. want to have the ball. They want this. They want that. A perfect game. Yeah, you know. So that's why the Netherlands really majority of the time never win something. Mm. So, 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 and that's why, in a way, I'm never being seen as a typical Dutch player in the Netherlands. Yeah, that's you know. So, which, so, which, so, which is crazy. So it's fine. It's fine. Well, it's crazy because you did make that parallel to Germany, and the one that sticks in my mind from there is like a Miroslav Klose. 
This is a guy. There you go. Yeah. Scores a ton of goals. You could talk about his link up play and stuff, but you can't talk about that, that in the same way you'll talk about the fact he just scores a lot of goals. Yeah. And all exactly. those goals matter, especially at international level, where the difference is yeah. so, so small. Yeah. Uh, so after your time at Chelsea, anyway, to bring it back to something club related, you end up moving to Middlesbrough. Like, how did yeah. that come around? Because I would say West London and the northeast of England are two completely different places. Com- completely different. Uh, I remember I remember being in Dubai. Yeah. Uh, so my last year at Chelsea, uh, Peter Kenyon calls me. I've got one year left. Peter Kenyon calls me and said, Mourinho is coming in. Uh, we're going to let you go, Jimmy. I said, okay, deal with my, my agent. Uh, I'm on holiday in uh, Dubai. Uh, who calls me? George Boateng yeah. calls me who was at the time at Middlesbrough, who yeah. I know from the Dutch national team. Mm-hmm. And he says, Jim, um, have you got appetite to come to us? You know? So we have a conversation. I ask him, how is it there? Blah, blah, blah. He says, oh, top. Uh, the coach is really good. Uh, manager is really good. Uh, really nice guy. Really good club. And uh, I said, well, let, let, let the manager give me a call. Mm-hmm. So Steve McLaren gives me a call. We end up talking on the phone. Uh, I go and see him. Uh, and and uh, I end up moving there, mm. you know? And I must say, Nedham, I had two really magnificent years. Yeah. Really, really, really enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. Never expected that. Yeah. Never really expected that it was going to be that good. Uh, and to be fair, we had a really good team. Yeah, you did. Garrett yeah. Southgate, yeah. Hugo Akiok, who is not with us no more. Mm. Mendieta, Rochenbach, Bola Sender, yeah. Yeah. you know, George Boateng. So we had a really, really good team. And uh, me and Fuduka up front. Yeah. You know. That's a, that's uh, a good team, yeah. And we end up, we, we end up in the second year going to the UEFA Cup final. Yeah. You know, l- losing against Seville 4-0. Yeah. But still, for Middlesbrough to go to the UEFA Cup final, wow. Yeah. That's, you know? I feel like that, that competition is basically Seville's competition. Every time you see them in the final, you know what time yeah. it is. <laughs> no, no, no. It's that coach competition that won Oh, we just won it again yesterday. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's won it four times now. That's, that's you know? very impressive. I'm, I'm sure yeah. he'd want to trade it for a Champions League, but then also four of those, yeah. four European titles can't be messed with. And wow, yeah, we, exactly. You've named so many names there, which is really interesting because you've mentioned Bolo Zenden, who I played with as well when I was at Sunderland. You've mentioned Steve McLaren, who I was managed with. And then to say, across from you and having played against you and been managed by you like I'm caught very much in this whole football cycle like so many names and faces that you're mentioning and so on but there's one thing to go back a year in your first year at Middlesbrough I think we spoke about this when we were at QPR together and my best memory of you playing against you or worst memory was when you had a shot in 2005 a free kick at the Etihad for Middlesbrough, last day of the season. You kicked that ball so hard. It was from like 1,000 yards out against David James in goal. That thing was like crossbar and in. And that was such an important game for us because if we won, yeah. we made it into Europe. Yeah. And like after you scored that goal, I remember Mark Schwartz, I think he... I've never seen a man take so long on every goal kick in all my life. <laughs> and this was from five minutes into the game. <laughs> But it was such a big occasion and I couldn't help as a City fan, obviously everything would have been different, but I couldn't help as a City player, sorry, looking at you guys in the final the next year after that game being the game which would define who would get there. Yeah. I'm thinking yeah. what could have been, but then also 
for us, you know, we finished the game with two goalkeepers on the field. So as yeah. a, so as a consequence, you know. Yeah. I didn't understand that one. <laughs> that, was, that was you had a striker on on the bench as well. Yes, and the striker on the bench, John Macken, as I've re discovered recently, he up until Nicholas Anelka came, he was the club's record transfer. So oh, wow. he was sitting on the bench as there were two goalkeepers on the field, and yeah. that was his side. And for my side, I'll never forget. It was like a minute to go in the game. And we had a corner. I said, kind of said to Stuart Pearce, kind of go up for the corner. He said, no. So I had to stand on the halfway line. But I had Nicky Weaver, the other goalkeeper, standing 10 yards ahead of me and David James 40 yards ahead of me. So if ever there was an indication that they don't think I'm any good, I had two goalkeepers closer to goal than I was in the game that we needed to score. But, you actually scored a few goals for me. So, well, yeah. So, yeah, I know, I know, I know. But what use was it? I wish I could have been like that back then. But no, anyway, that, anyway. That, that going back to that goal, that free kick, if you remember, Bo that, that free kick was taken twice because Bolo um, was supposed to give me a little... little touch, yeah. A little touch, and then I would hit. Yeah. And the first time we did it, he did the touch wrong, and I got really angry with him. <laughs> I said, get out of the way. Get out of the way. Yeah. I'll, I don't need your touch. Yeah. And I put all that anger into the in shot. That hit. <sighs> I wish oh, it, I wish you did it the it, first time. And it, yeah, and it was going so sweet. Yeah, it was you know? um it was it was special. Yeah. It was special. Yeah. So yeah. after those two years anyway in Middlesbrough, you then finish off spending the year with Charlton in the Premier League and then yeah. another, the last and final year was with Cardiff in the championship. Yeah. And what was it then that made you actually decide to retire and call it quits from the game? Uh as a player, you know when you have enough, first and foremost. I was going to play another year with Cardiff, but Cardiff was in financial trouble. So, um, so I had to, I had to like make the decision, shall I go to another club or, or no? And when you, when you're a little bit older and you, you miss a preseason, yeah, you know, it's, it's hard, yeah. you know, uh, and, you're getting a little bit slower. You, you you want to do the things that you used to do and you can't do them. Yeah. And you know, you know in, in your mind, you know, I think it's enough. I was 36, you know, um, and and it, it was the right time. It yeah. was the right time, Adam. Yeah. Uh, just in your head, you know. Yeah, okay. I'm with that. I'm with that. And so now to get to this stage. So in recent years, most people have seen you as a manager or as a head coach rather, yeah. But did you always want to do that as you were sort of progressing through your career or is it something you kind of chose to do after you finished? When I was playing, never, ever, ever, ever. <laughs> never, ever, ever, ever. So what happened then? Uh, just talking to Steve McLaren afterwards, you know, just going to see him, just seeing how he works. Uh, from one moment to another, I decided I'm, I'm going to get my badges, yeah. you know, start coaching, did my badges, then um, started to do um, um, uh, 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 sessions myself. Then he asked me to be one of his coaches, you know, so I got the feelings feeling for that at, at Nottingham Forest and as a player, I never thought about it. Really, never thought about. It. I, you, you see a lot of players now that that um, are um, doing their badges now. Yeah. 
but uh, already while they are playing. But I never, ever really thought that, that mm -hmm. I would do that. Mm -hmm. Never. And have you enjoyed it since you've been doing it? Uh, I've had lots of good moments. Yeah. I've had some difficult moments, but overall, overall, you know, um, yeah, I enjoy what I'm, what I'm doing and why I'm doing it for. Yeah. You know, I, I, I'm doing it for the players that, that want to work and want to improve and want to, you know, uh, achieve something. You know, you have got always some that are a little bit yeah. difficult, but, but, um, no, I must say yes. I am. I am enjoying it. I've been out for for a, for a spell, and I'm back in now again. Um, but yeah, a lot of difficulties comes come with it. Oh, Adam. yeah, I know, I know, I know. <laughs> but but um, but um, yeah, I do enjoy it. Yeah, I do enjoy it. What, and what's your sort of long term ambition as a manager? Is it to be at the highest level somewhere, or to be an international manager? Like, what is it now that it's a different? Now you're on the other side uh, of the table. I think. I think if you're going to do this job, you have to be ambitious. Yeah, you have to be ambitious, and you have to, you know, try to be at the highest level as possible as you can. Mm -hmm. um, uh, when the time is right. If you don't have that ambition, even if you are at a smaller club or whatsoever, you're not gonna get you're not gonna get the results mm -hmm. that you that you want. Yeah. I think. Yeah. You know, you have to have that edge. You have to do it for something. You have to do it for something. Yeah. You okay. know? Um, um and um yeah, I, yeah. I, no, I, I, you know, you want to you want to manage at the highest level. Yeah. So to now put this back on you because you've explained what you were like as a player, and I know what you like as a manager. Do you think you would have been a good manager for you as a player? I would be a top manager for me as a player. You think so? Yeah. Yeah, because uh, knowing what I needed as a player. Yeah. Knowing what I could be as a manager. Yeah. I think I will be very good for me as a player. Okay. Okay. Because I needed hard love. Yeah. I needed really hard love. Yeah. And George Graham was the best at it. Yeah. He was the best at it. You yeah. know, he would say things to me the hard way if it wasn't good enough or whatsoever. And that's what I needed. Mm -hmm. You know, um, and I can do that yeah. as a manager. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So, 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 um, yeah, uh, I, I would be good for myself as, as a manager. So one of the reasons I, I liked being coached by you, firstly, is the fact that, you know, I was a fanboy, so I remember you from back when. But it was like, it was tough. It did feel tough, but everybody was in it together at the team at the time. And we, like the Tuesdays were always hard and we'd have to do stuff on the Sunday after games and it felt hard because it was different people buy into it and it becomes competitive and you're all yeah. doing it together. And the biggest thing overall, especially at QPR, which p players are desperate for, like desperate for, is that I think most people would agree with this, is the fact that you were fair. So it was never a case that you would give treat somebody better than somebody else. Because I remember yeah. we were training one time on the far field and you were doing something tactical. I think it was Jamie Mackey was like joking with someone or something and we were all gathered around. 
And Jamie Mackey is like a big part of QPR's history. So he has a lot of respect. But you dressed him down in front of absolutely everybody. And this was early in you as a manager there. And from then the tone was set because for times gone by, we'd seen maybe someone can do this and someone can't do that. But you did that. And all of a sudden everyone's like, well, if that can happen to him, this can happen to me. And if that can happen to me, I'm never going to let that happen to me. So you raised everybody's standards by showing everybody was the same. And within football, like that's what you want. You don't want to be in a position where you feel you'll be treated differently to the next person. Yeah. So I hope you're still that same person, to be honest. I, I, I try, I try, I try. I'm big on that. I'm big on that. I'm really big on that. Because if you want to be successful, if you want to have a successful team, that respect in that team has to be there. Yeah. You know, when you are walking over that wide line, you have to know that your, your mate has got your back. Yeah. You know? And that's on the training pitch. That is that is whatever you know, um, um, the same. Yeah. And that is a big part of it. Yeah. You're not going to be successful. That that uh, you know, if you give one of and and all managers have got favorites. Yeah. Whatever you say, all managers has got favorites. All managers have got people in the in the dressing room that they know. I can, I can uh, trust what you say. I can trust him. Yeah, yeah. I can trust him. I know I'm gonna get. He might play bad today. He might have a bad game, but I know he's giving me hundred percent. Yeah. You understand what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah, of course. Yeah. And and, but you can't show the group that, or he's your favorite, or, yeah. or I've got a soft spot for him. Yeah. You know, you have to do it in different ways. Mm-hmm. You know, you have to, and you have to keep your integrity in the group. Yeah. Because end of the day, you're standing in front of everybody. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And everybody is watching you. Yeah. You know? And there's a fine line. There's a fine line. Players and players can see right through you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It doesn't matter who you are. Doesn't matter if you are Zinedine Zidane and you're standing in front of your Real Madrid players, players can see right through you. Yeah. You know? So honesty is important, but also also treating people, you know, the right way. Yeah. It's important. It's important. One hundred percent. One hundred percent. And that's gonna be the closing thing for today's show. But I totally agree with what you said. And the fact that you say players see right through. Having been a player yourself, that's the perfect thing because you know yourself. Yeah. There have been yeah. times when people have been gathered around and looked at a coach trying to give a motivational speech and nobody's listening. Their bodies are there, but their minds are elsewhere. And the importance yeah. of making sure you always have that trust and belief from your team. I think that's how exactly. you can find, that's exactly how you can find success. And I hope that you find plenty more of it in, in days to come and years to come. So thank, thank you very you. much for being on the show. And it was longer than Enjoy 30 it. minutes, but it, you told I great know, stories. I know. <laughs> I know. Okay. Thank anyway, you very much, boss. Nice one. <laughs> Take welcome, care. Man. Welcome. Good seeing you again, you too. by the way. Bye. Ciao, ciao. So there you have it. Thank you so much for tuning in yet again. And a huge thanks to Mr. Producer Man, Ryan Hale. And also, if you wouldn't mind indulging me as it's June the 4th, I'd like to give a huge shout out to my wonderful wife, Lucy, as it's our 10 year wedding anniversary. And it must be said, she's one really, 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 really lucky lady. But anyway, 
Love to you all again if you've made it this far. And that goes out especially to UD's hype man, Phil from Moston. Please, guys, remember, we'll be back again next week. So just stay tuned. And all I've left to say is bye for now. <laughs>